Hi there, this is Alyssa from Unbusy, where I teach you how to simplify your home, create routines that work for you as a work-at-home mom, and uplevel your work-from-home mindset. Today, we have a bonus episode for you all about why purpose sometimes feels heavy. We're bringing on a guest, Kate House, to talk about why living in your purpose doesn't have to be stressful and what you can do about it. Kate is the host of the Live by Design podcast, a health coach, yoga instructor, meditation enthusiast, slow but steady runner, boy mama times two, wife to her college sweetheart, and an unapologetic advocate for living your dream life. She helps women who feel stuck but have a deep desire for change to ditch the personal growth overwhelm by providing focused action-oriented learning that allows women to grow their self-confidence muscle, actually take action, and live by design, not by default all while in community with other women doing the same. So hi, Kate. Welcome to the show. Hey, Alyssa. Thank you so much for having me. It is such an honor to be here with you. I love your philosophy that everyone should live their life by design and not default. Yes, it's been like a personal ethos of mine pretty much my whole life. So it's no surprise to me now in my mid-30s that this is where I am. (laughs) Same here on that being kind of a life motto and the age. Yeah. (laughs) So I would love to just dive right in. Mm -hmm. How can we take the pressure off finding our life purpose as women and moms? And how do we connect more deeply with our own purpose? Mm, I love this question so much. So I, I have a group coaching program with some incredible women and we first started to like, think about this idea of purpose in there together. And then I went on to create the pursue your purpose masterclass because we had such interesting conversations and they brought up such great points that I was like, let's dive deeper into this. So in my research, and I should say that like, I'm a total nerd. I love to research. I would live in a library if I could. And I like to go down the rabbit hole of research and then just share the very best of what I find. So that way you don't have to go down that research rabbit hole with me. So same, that's what right. <laughs> so in my reading, I really really appreciated the um, definition of purpose that Mark Manson gives us. Mark Manson is an American philosopher, and he just asks us to think about how can I spend my time doing what's important? And I really appreciate that reframe of purpose. Like, how can I spend my time doing what's important to me? Because it's personal for each and every one of us. So what feels important to you, Alyssa, is going to be slightly different maybe than what feels important to me or what feels important to each and every one of the women in your listening audience, right? And, and that's what's really cool about purpose is we are each unique individuals and our sense of purpose gets to be just as unique as us. And so sometimes I find that And I learned this when I was coaching on purpose in the collective is that purpose can feel so big and scary. Like we say, like, what's your life purpose? I'm like, oh God, I don't know. Like (laughs) I have no idea. Or it feels like intimidating, or maybe we already feel like we've already fallen behind, or maybe we feel like, like, gosh, I don't know. I'm in a new season of life. And, and what felt like a purpose to me five years ago, no longer feels like a purpose. And I'm here to say that all of that is valid. Um, you can have more than one life purpose. You can pursue more than one purpose at a time, or your purpose could shift as the seasons of your life shift, not necessarily like fall, winter, spring. It could be, but more like you have young children, you have children in school, you're homeschooling, um, your kids have moved out of the house, you know, whatever season of life you might be in, however you choose to live by design, your sense of purpose 
can and probably should shift as your seasons of life change or, or it shows up in a slightly different way each time. And so I'm a huge advocate of getting really clear on what it is that you want, because I personally, um, I had like a quarter life crisis. I jokingly call it at 25 right on time. I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I was working uh, a more traditional nine to five job. And I, I had incredible colleagues. I believed in the mission of the work I was doing, but it just wasn't in alignment for me. It was nobody's fault. It just wasn't in alignment. And because of that, it was like, it was this little light bulb that was like slowly dimming over time. And then I had my quarter life crisis and was like, nothing changes if nothing changes. And if I woke up feeling this way and I chose to feel this way, like I would never actually choose to feel this way. So I have to do something about this. And I shifted my life in a new direction. And it was like that little light bulb got brighter and brighter and brighter. And I like to think that pursuing our purpose is kind of like that. We we figure it out through action, lots of times kind of messy action, um, aligned action, action that makes you feel abundant and expansive or excited or maybe a little trepidatious because it's something you want to try, but it's like just outside your current comfort zone. <laughs> and and your that little light bulb gets brighter and brighter the more you try these things, because I think sometimes we have this idea that like one day we're just going to wake up and like ding, we know what our purpose is, right? But more often than not, it comes through trial and error. It tries through showing up and doing something new or approaching something differently or, you know, signing up for that dance class you've already always wanted to take in or that art class or um, joining a dating app, like whatever that looks like for you. But it looks like taking action. And then through action, we get to kind of refine, okay, I think I'm moving more in the direction that I want to go. Or sometimes more importantly, this isn't the direction I want to go. And now I know that going forward. So always just coming back to the idea of how can I spend my time doing what's important to me and, and letting go of those pressures of what other people might expect, society, family, culture, whatever it might be in your life giving yourself permission. It's kind of like that scene from the notebook where Ryan Gosling's character is like, what do you want? <laughs> and she's like, I don't know what I want. Right. So how can we actually know what we want? Right. Like how can somebody ask us, what do you want? And we can say like X, Y, and Z, like, these are the things that light me up. These are the areas of my life where I want to pour in time and intention um, because they feel like an important way to spend my time. So that's a very long-winded answer, but I think the biggest takeaway for all of us is your purpose is unique to you. Don't compare it to anyone else's. And it's more about the journey than the destination, right? Like maybe your goal is to write a beautiful book and maybe you write this book and it's it's just for yourself to read. And that is just as beautiful as having a purpose where you want to write a book that's a New York Times bestseller. Nobody gets to tell you what success is except for yourself. And so if you want to write that book for yourself and for the enjoyment of the process, that's where the beauty lies in purpose is. And everyone is to delay happiness and enjoyment of life for the day that we quote, achieve our purpose, because well, one, what comes next? <laughs> and two, what about all that time it took to achieve your purpose? So if you're miserable that whole time, the end doesn't matter, at least in my experience. And so how can you pursue your purpose in such a way that it's layered into your days, layered into your weeks, but you're still cultivating joy. You're still practicing gratitude. You're grateful to be right here right now, even as you're growing into that sense of purpose. No, that was great. That's such a practical walkthrough of, 
you know, so often we just get bogged down this, oh, it's what was I put here on earth to do? No, no, no. Think smaller. Think <laughs> day to day. What do I want to do in this moment with my hours? And you keep stacking that and you will mm-hmm. get to your life purpose. So yes. thank you for speaking into that for us. Absolutely. And then our next question, what is the difference between self-love and self-care? And how can a mom start practicing that today to grow her self-confidence muscle? I'm Mm. really curious what you'd say for the difference self-love and self-care, because both topics are thrown around a lot in our space. Right. You know, it's so interesting. This was another one where I dove into it with the LBD collective, with my women's group coaching program. And I, up until that point, I had always used self-care and self-love pretty interchangeably. Like in my brain, they were the same thing. And I just kind of used them willy nilly. There's nothing wrong with that. And you don't know what you don't know. Right. But again, I went down that research rabbit hole. I love reading books, listening to articles or reading articles, listening to podcasts, doing all that research. And what I realized is that self-love is kind of like the bigger umbrella. You guys can't see me, but I'm like making an umbrella shape with my hands. And then underneath that umbrella, there are seven different ways they say to practice self-love, one of which is self-care. So self-care is more of the, you know, your physical health and wellness, taking time to relax, caring for your body. Well, um, it's some of those more like traditional things, like journaling, meditating, all those things are ways that you can practice self-care. Self-love is this, this bigger overarching idea that it's an appreciation for yourself that grows through action. So in practicing self-love, that appreciation and that love for yourself gets to grow. And so self-love practices can look like being mindful. It can look like acting on what you need rather than what you want, kind of like parenting yourself (laughs) can look like practicing good self-care, but it can also look like setting healthy boundaries, which to me means like, if it's not a heck yes, it's a heck no. (laughs) It can mean um, protecting yourself. Like we all have that person in our life is a little bit of an energy vampire and you spend time with them and you're like, I am depleted. And so maybe we create some healthy boundaries around that. Maybe they're a one hour friend now for an hour. We're like, love you. Bye. (laughs) Um, self-love can look like forgiving yourself and self-love can really look like living intentionally. And I swear I didn't make that up. That comes from an article, um, that I referenced and living intentionally living by design and not by default. Right. So these are all ways that we can practice self-love and then self-care is a piece of that. And so again, self-love, just like purpose, is unique to you. So what feels like a mindfulness practice for you, Alyssa, might be totally different than what feels like a mindfulness practice for me. I'm a certified yoga teacher, for example, and I really enjoy sitting still and meditating. I have friends who are like, no, (laughs) I do not want to sit still and meditate, but they would love to go for a 15 minute walk and do a moving meditation. And that's what works for them. Right. And so it's this idea that no one option is better or worse than the other. It's about looking at this array of options and deciding like, okay, what goes on my personal self-love menu? What resonates with me? And, and you can take things off the menu in the future. If you're like, you know what, this no longer serves me in this season. You take it off for a little while. You had something that's seasonally appropriate. Right. Um, so for me, that's the biggest difference. And then when it comes to really strengthening your, your courage muscle, right. Um, cause sometimes we can, we can be so hard on ourselves and it, we can also feel a little scared to try new things. I personally, 
have struggled with perfectionism. I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) And for me, perfectionism used to hold me back from trying anything new because I felt like I had to be able to do it perfectly, like right out of the gate or not at all, which like raise your hand if you're perfect at something right out of the gate. Like, no, (laughs) you have to show up and just keep trying and keep showing up and keep learning, right? Like here's an example of that. When I started my podcast over 200 episodes ago, I sat in my basement. I was like sweaty because I was nervous. It was just me. There's nobody else there. So why I was nervous, I don't know. I got my nice fancy microphone and I literally recorded the first three episodes of my show on the crummy little microphone that was built into my laptop at the time. Cause I didn't, I forgot to switch the input. And, and here's the thing. This is how I like built my courage muscle in that moment. I could have felt really defeated. And sure. I had a moment where I was like, that kind of stinks. Like, I can't believe I did that. Like a little bit of a face palm. Also, I had like a 10 month old and a year and a half year old at the time or a two year old at the time. So I was like, okay, give myself a little bit of grace. And I was just like, you know what? We're going to roll with it. Cause the odds of me getting the gumption up to re-record these first three episodes again, those odds are low, but these episodes are already recorded. And sure the quality wasn't as, as wonderful as I wanted it to be, but it was done. And sometimes that idea that done is better than perfect is what we have to lean into. Or Ed Milet, I heard, he once said, um, imperfect action beats perfect inaction. And I have to tell myself that I literally tell myself that all the time. And I heard that quote years ago, like at least four years ago, and it has stayed with me. And so that's how we flex that courage muscle. That's how we build that courage muscle. We do things that are just outside our comfort zone or we or we build that courage muscle by just continually showing up for ourselves. So that could look like leaning into these self-love practices or leaning into your self-care practice specifically and doing it over and over and over again. Again, that that self-love comes comes through repeated action. And every time you show up for yourself and you're like, "Yes, I I kept that commitment to myself or yes, I showed up and I went for that mindful walk or yes, I slowed down and I just enjoyed reading a book, (laughs) like whatever that might be. Um, You're showing yourself that you are worthy of that kind of love. You are worthy of that kind of care. And then that courage muscle gets stronger and stronger. And so the courage muscle applies both to self-love practices and also to your sense of purpose. Because the more times you show up and you do something that's like, makes your palms a little sweaty, like maybe gives you a little bit of butterflies. Um, but the more and more you do it, the easier it gets. So while I recorded the first three episodes of my show on the wrong microphone, 200 plus episodes later, I sit down to record and I'm no longer quite so nervous. Like it's still really important to me, but I don't have those same symptoms of like, this is kind of scary. Right. And, and that's how we strengthen that muscle. And so my, my challenge to your listeners would be to most of the time when I ask you like, what is that thing you really want to do, but you haven't done something comes to mind for you. You're like, oh yeah, there's that art class I've always wanted to take. Or like, oh, I really wanted to ask that friend to, to go to this event with me. And I'm, I'm kind of worried, like, I don't know, maybe she won't want to do it. Or like, we're, we're just trepidatious about things. So pick that thing and then go do it. And and if, if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Ask yourself, like, what is the worst that could happen? Like your friend says, no. Okay. Like if that's the worst that can happen, what's the best case scenario? Like you go and you have a fabulous time together, right? And you get to lean into connection, which is a type of self-care. And so that would be my challenge to you is like, think of that thing that comes to mind for yourself and then put it on the calendar, either 
put it on the calendar to go do that thing. Go for that hike you've wanted to go for, but you're like not totally sure you can do, right? And and get a friend to come along with you or schedule the time to do the research to then sign up for the program you're interested in, right? Or book that discovery call with the coach you might want to work with who can help you take your experience of something to the next level, right? Like put those action steps on your calendar because at the end of the day, your calendar, it's reflecting what you're spending your time on. And if, if you don't make these things a priority, no one's going to do it for you. <laughs> you know, like no one's going to be like, all right, Alyssa, I know that thing that you want to do. Let me schedule it on your behalf. Like no one does that. <laughs> like we have to do that for ourselves. And so that would be my challenge. And, and it's okay to start small. I actually think that starting small is the best thing you can possibly do. Like lower that barrier to entry, start small and start today. Like when you feel excited and motivated, because that's how you can start that inertia. You can start that momentum and then carry it forward. Thank you. That made it really clear the difference, the self-love and self-care. And I love yeah. your concept of the one hour friend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, everyone's got a one hour friend. <laughs> and just for the record, yes, I'm a moving meditation person. I never yes. heard someone describe it like that before, but it fits perfectly with what I do. Yeah. I love that. And, and right. Like there's no reason to force something. So if you're like a sitting meditation sounds like terrible, like then don't do it. Like, I think we get so used to like forcing ourselves into things or pushing ourselves or like grinning and bear it. But like, what if you just like pivot five degrees, a different angle, right. And you're like moving meditation. That sounds awesome. Right. Like, how can we be kind to ourselves like that and just do what works well for us? I love that. Yeah. And would you tell our listeners where we can find you? And if you have anything for them to take action steps on this? Yes, absolutely. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I am such a big fan of Alyssa and her work, and I'm just super grateful to be here with you. So um, my main hub is my website, which is misskatehouse.com. So M-S-Kate house, just like a house.com. Um, and you can find my podcast, the live by design podcast over there, the LBD collectives on there, my coaching program. And if you ever want to join us in the collective for a free month, you're like, Ooh, this like group coaching thing sounds kind of interesting. Um, we get together twice a month. We do a growth night, which is our learning night. And then we do a discovery night, which is our journaling night. Um, it's all hosted virtually and the women in the collective, gosh, like they're my heroes. These women are so incredible. They show up and share with so much authenticity and vulnerability. And they're so supportive of one, one another. Like, I feel like we can feel very isolated in life. And this group of women remind me, like, I'm not doing life alone. And that's really beautiful. So you can go over to misskatehouse.com slash thank you. And you could um, have a coupon code on there so you can get a free month in the collective and it's zero obligation, no strings attached. You can come check us out for a month. And if it's not your thing, I will lovingly bid you adieu on your journey. Or if you come and you're like, this is awesome. I would love to stay here. Then you can totally stay in as a member if that feels right for you, friend. But it's my mission to support as many women as possible in living by design and not by default. And if you ever want to connect over on Instagram, I'm at Miss Kate House. I'm hit or miss on there. Sometimes I'm really into it. And then other times I need to scale back a little bit and create a little bit more space and room in my life. But um, if you go over to my website and the podcast, especially, you can always find me over there. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Kate. This is a wonderful conversation. Oh, thank you so much, Alyssa. This has been such a pleasure. That's all for now and have a wonderful day.